0: Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the Hoon capital of the world. This is Talkin' Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and
1: crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the south, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think
2: you know from the one is for grown-ups.
0: So, oh, what about the sidelines? You've got a race in your own right. Now he's on the grass, he
1: brings it back. That's oh, a great
2: driving there. Torque and Power, your motoring and motorsport podcast.
1: Episode 47 of the Torque and Power podcast. I'm Nick DeChebra and I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini. Simon, how are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, very good, thanks. Very good. Hey, uh, we've got another interview. Uh, tonight we do. We are talking with. I want to call you the Thunder from Down Under because that's what the Irish like to call you, Mitch Lana. How are you, Mitch? Hey, man. How are you on? We're well. Well, well. Hey, um, Mitch. For those listeners that aren't um, really familiar with what you've done, you've you've basically turned the world of drifting on its head over in Ireland, Britain and of course in WA as well. You're a WA boy, but you're making it pretty big over in the, over in the uh, island, in the IDC. Um, how, how did you get started in drifting and, and how did that all come about?
3: Uh, yeah, so uh, about, um, I can't remember exactly when, um, when year it was, but when I was about 15, um, one of mum and dad's customers from the Performance, Mm hmm. Uh, came in and told us that he was going to go try some drifting, and yep. uh, I seemed to get along with him when he was at the workshop, and he was like, oh, do you want to come? Just come down. Yeah. And that was actually a VK with a 308 back in the day. And um, I'm only 22 now, so that's only seven years ago. Um, yeah. But uh, that was obviously before all the LS conversions were a big thing, and there um, yeah, we went down, and, uh, yeah, he tried, tried it with a 308, and unfortunately it blew up really straight away, but... Um, yeah, that's where the whole idea come from, where we decided that an LS could be a good idea to convert into a car, obviously because my dad works L S LSs every day. Yep. So um, he then converted a VK, and he tried drifting the VK for a while, and then obviously a more preferable uh, car existing at the time and still today is the Japanese cars, so Skyline, Silvius, mm. and Toyotas and stuff. So yep. then he had another idea to try and put an LS into a Skyline, and then from there it just rocket-shipped, and then... By the time I could get my CAMS license, which is 16 and a half, I got my CAMS license straight away, and we um, bought a car, and yeah, we started at 16 and a half, and now five years, six years on, I'm still going.
0: So so the seed was planted at 15?
3: Uh, at Pretty much, yeah. So I've grown up, obviously, all my life, and my dad's been a part of cars um, for as soon as I can remember, and this um, wasn't awesome with cars, it was with go-karts, and... Uh, yeah, obviously, once I was old enough to recognise and want to do something, yeah, drifting was what called
0: my arm more than anything else. So, so just talk us through how you ended up from uh, the the drifting scene in WA over to Ireland, because it, it, it seems incredible to um like such a massive jump to get from here yeah. over there.
3: Yep, definitely. Um, so I did my first competitive season at the age of seventeen. Um, I only had a pretty basic car. I had 250 horsepower and just very minor mods. And um, yeah, I just uh, went out there and gave it a crack. Did a couple of practice days beforehand, nothing too much. Um, obviously, I just got my license as well. I don't, I don't think I actually had my license when I first went to my first drift comp. But um, uh, we just went down there with a very basic package and gave it a crack. And um, we had pretty promising results from the shape from of the off. We got a top four finish in my third competition event, and then. Um, a national series came to birth called the same car and they had their fourth and final national round in Australia, and um, I was lucky enough to be able to compete in that. And we managed to qualify with the same car with low power. I think it was 21st or something like that out of 32, so all national drivers from around the, from around Australia. And um, obviously, once we started getting results, we figured, you know, if we put a bit more time and money into it, we can't even really get better. And, um... Yeah, so I just kept pushing, and then um, obviously it took a bit of time and learning and whatnot to get the results, and then um, we got uh, two championships here in Australia, or in Perth, and um, once we had two championships here, it was kind of the question of what do we do next, there was no point in going around in circles doing the same thing, and um, that's where we decided we can either go over east and compete in Australia
2: still,
3: or we can look at other options, and um, yeah, obviously, when you're looking, uh, existing in the whole wide world, um, you look at the main biggest leagues, and uh, the same is obviously on the map, but I felt like it was a little bit behind where the rest of the world is at the moment. And for the cost that it's going to cost us, I, we just did give it in in some major sense. If we could get some sponsors and we could get to know the right people, we could make it doable on the outside of the world. And, um, yeah, enough, nice, I got in contact with the right people, and uh, in 2016, I made the trek over to Ireland for the first time and we borrowed a car. We walked in not really knowing anybody and um, where we were major a lot and it just mainly gave us an insight into what drifting is over there, what the car's like, what um, the competition's like itself and just got a massive wake-up call to where drifting is compared to where it is in Australia and it was just a completely different bowl game. And um, once I was there, we came home and I actually had another drift round as soon as I got home. And uh, it just wasn't the same thing once I'd already been there. Like, I didn't get a good result or anything like that over there. I um, qualified towards the bottom. Obviously, this was a new car and not quite the setup that I normally run. Or even at the same time, they run one, uh, two, six, five, seven, six, which I'd never run here in Australia. So just everything was a major jump. So it was a big, big wake-up call and big, big difference in experience to um, just experience something like that. And then to come back and feel like I was just, this wasn't the same. So that's where we decided that um, with the help of a lot of people, obviously my mum and dad, to their performance, um, lost racing, TAW performance, um, we got an engine combo and stuff like that. And we purchased a car, you know, it was already pretty much basically set up. Um, I took out all the things that I didn't like in it and put all the products in that I wanted to, like the front end suspension and rear suspension and stuff like that. And we also sent over an LS, which was built by my dad and TAW and with all the fittings and support from Lost Racing as well. And, um, yeah, we sent it all over in a crate. Then we flew out two weeks before round one in 2017, and um, we built a car in, I think it was 11 days or what, from a bare shell to or a rolling shell with this rear suspension. Then we put front suspension, full wiring, fuel system, and an engine and gearbox package and tail shaft and everything together in 11 days.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, That's incredible. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then we uh, got to the track, and obviously we had a lot of teething issues. Um, that was the only downside that we knew we were going to probably face was obviously rushing a build like that, that um, it might bite us. And uh, that weekend was just obviously the same thing. We're still trying to learn the competition over there, still trying to learn everything. But from what we learned the year before when we went over for one round, we knew the car obviously had to be quite serious. So um, I can get into the, the car a little bit later, but just short, long story short, um we obviously found teething issues all year all the year before and um, we were put out, well from the first round we got, we finished in the top 16, I qualified higher, I think I qualified fourth or third
2: mm. and
3: then um, so we knew that we were like on par with the car and we knew like we, we did have a chance obviously qualifying higher and then in the battles we just had a silly mistake and um, we didn't actually have a catch can on the car and it sprayed oil over the front of the front wheels because we've got um, cut out tubs in the front yep. and uh I saw it for in the first one. And then uh, round two, qualified high again and um, got through to the top eight. And I think it was like a 6 place finish for the second round. And then round three, we found uh, more issues just within the series and stuff. Had a still a good round of qualifying and um, stopped putting out in the first battle again. And then round four, we finally made a bit of a breakthrough, qualified first. Um, that was actually the track we went to in 2016 for the first time. And um qualified first, looked very promising and then um got through well car caught fire in the top sixteen so it looked like it was gonna be over early. But we managed to uh, fix what got burnt and got back out there for the second half of the battle and won the battle and then went on to the top four where we obviously so you don't know how drifting works. Um it's basically you qualify and then it's a top thirty two battle tree. Yeah. And um one versus thirty two, two versus thirty one, third versus thirtieth, cetera, Um and of it all worked its way down to a final four. And then um, in the final four, I was obviously pacing to go into the final or the third place. And um, the guy that I was vesting ran into me and damaged my steering rack, and yeah. was unable to be fixed. So we actually had to retire in fourth place, even though it looked very promising to that round. So yeah.
2: Um,
3: yeah, so we got on quite a high, and then yeah, uh, into uh, round five, uh, we qualified high. We um, uh, so, the last round is actually the round where a lot of international drivers come to and the biggest names in drifting come to.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And we managed to uh, secure first place in qualifying up until the last two drivers, which was James Dean and uh, Peter Vincik, Uh both uh, former drifting just- competitors and both placed first and third in uh, former drifting just- Yeah. And they managed just to pick me up right at the end in qualifying. And then in the first battle, we just made a mistake and put ourselves up. The and uh, yeah, the season over. And then. Um, this year we had a great year. We're on the podium every single round, mm. and um, yeah. So I don't want to cut that short, but i um, have obviously been talking for a bit. But uh, the, this, this season obviously we knew what we had to do this year. Um, we wrote, we went home, or we put the car away and wrote down a big list of what we wanted to change for the year when we came back.
2: Yeah.
3: for me it felt like in the first season I didn't get to let out what I had and uh, show our potential completely in the two. We were just chasing our tail with the car most of, uh, most, of most of the round. And uh, when the car worked and when I got comfortable with the car, we showed that we could place up higher. So um, coming into this season um, in IDC this year, I drove as much as I could in the off-season. Um, actually made myself a goal to drive once a week, which I completed up until May this year. I drove once a week since December. Um, whether it was burnout or drifting or go-karting or something, I just tried to stay be behind a wheel or something once a week at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And... Um, so that kept my driving up to scratch, and uh, obviously hungry to keep driving. And then um, my parents and some more new sponsors that come on board, uh, Turbo Direct, new tyre sponsors, Brembos. Uh, they came on board, which made me more comfortable tyres. It gave me um, the perfect grip that I needed for the car. Yeah. And then um, yeah, this season like I say we podiumed every single round. We qualified high every round, and um, we just got it. To, oh, I was chasing the championship all year. Um, I was in second place while the guy that was uh, getting first was. Um, he won the first four rounds, so it was more just a bit of a cat and mouse trying to chase him for the whole season, and then uh, right at the end, I still had a chance to win the championship, um, so the round three and four, I actually placed second, we made it to the final in all of them, and yeah. uh, the points, running 25 points at the final round, and um, yeah, so he obviously qualified bad and got knocked out early, I still had a chance at winning, and um, I just try to keep composed, and uh yeah, we qualified higher and um, made it through to the finals and got third place. But unfortunately, got knocked out early enough to claim the championship. So we ended up with second in championship
0: this year. Yeah, mate, that un- unbelievable effort to to go from starting in in the space of two short years to uh, finish second in championship. That's just incredible, mate. But hats off to to you guys. That's a awesome mm. achievement. Now, uh, yeah, um, it, the the uh, um, uh, the final against uh, Dwayne. Now, I don't know if I, I'm going to pronounce this uh, properly, uh, McKeever? Is that, is that how you Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. You, you came second. Nick and I Nick and I think you may have been robbed on that this, one. This is the $20,000 <laughs> $20, prize, prize fight.
1: I, yeah. I've, I've watched yeah, that yeah, numerous yeah. times. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was adamant, I'm no drifting judge, and please forgive me the Irish board of drifting judges that are listening <laughs> to the podcast, but <laughs> I, I was fairly adamant that you had that one, to be frank. Um, but uh, I know you yeah, probably can't yeah, probably, talk much uh, about it, but...
3: Yeah, it's one of them things, you know, drifting to a judge sport. So sometimes, you know, how I look at it, like, unfortunately sometimes you're going to think that it doesn't pay off your way, but we don't complain when we win when we think we didn't deserve it. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you're going to take the good with the cut sometimes the good with the bad. But, <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a balanced yeah. competition then, <laughs> yes, um, you say.
3: Yeah, like I last, it's a judge sport, and unfortunately you try and pay attention to the driver's briefing and try and do exactly what they want. And, um, yeah, I mean... It was a good weekend, same thing, we qualified first and second, both of us, so we knew we were going to get each other in the finals, and, uh, yeah, obviously to finally break through and get to the finals and have it in arms reach and have a, a grand prize of 20,000 at the end, it felt like it was a bit too little, and, yeah. um, yeah, i said when we got to the line, I actually, I feel like, if you were watching a stream, you know, I said I wasn't actually very nervous, and I wasn't, I was actually more enjoying that, the car that round, because the car fell on point, and, uh, it was a good round for us, and, um, I thought we were going to go the whole way. And funny enough, so I said, in my opinion, I think, if anything, it should have gone one more time. And because um, obviously in drifting, there is yep. a point where if the judges think it's too close, they can go one more time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I made
3: a couple of mistakes, and he made a couple of mistakes. And I'll just you know, I'll say, I thought the right thing would have been one more time. And I think the crowd would have loved to see us go one more time as well. But yeah. there's, a, there's definitely a funny thing for that. Because I remember, uh, so I chased first, and... Um, uh going back on my memory now, he gapped me a slight little bit on the first corner and uh, I knew he gapped me, so I made the dive into the second corner and I caught back up to him and then made a ridiculous dive in the transition before he went onto the wall. And it looked like in the video footage that I hit the wall. Um, so obviously interesting, if you hit a wall, you get deducted obviously very high. Um, but I actually had my steering jam on and it pulled me in and made a little bubble. So while it looked like I hit the wall, I think they marked me down on actually hitting the wall and not having that straight. Yeah. So there's a big difference in point suction for um, straightening and for hitting a wall. Mm. So um, I believe, I think, they they, they ducked me for a wall hit instead of a straighten And that's probably what pushed over the edge to get him the wall because his lead run was obviously... It, was, it wasn't it was a 100-point run, I don't personally think. Um, but he did miss a couple of good points and was running a little bit in some spots. Um, but we managed to obviously stick with him most of the run. And then, same thing in the, when I led, I gave it everything I had. And in my opinion, I think it was my best leader on the weekend. And um, yeah, I think obviously I did gap him in some spots as well, but they said that in my chase, that straight one really, really killed me. So yeah, yeah you unfortunately, being a judge sport, sometimes you to take it and uh, try harder next time and just try not to leave it in their hands.
0: Well listen, Mitch, you know, if we're ever judging, don't worry, we'll we'll have your back covered, right?
3: <laughs> so I wanna yeah, talk about the... it,
0: <laughs> I wanna talk about the uh the final round of the British uh drift championship, right? Um yeah. you you managed to qualify third, right? Now just yeah. tell tell us how you got over there. How did how did that come about? Um so
3: at the time, um the owners of the Irish Championship actually own the British Championship as well, and they fly across and run the events over there. And um, IDC and BDC, so that's uh, Irish Championship and British Championship, um, they're both looked at as both fairly high um, and well-known, recognised championships in the world. And obviously, from a spectator's point and from a competitor's point, what I, what I do is I look out and see what is the best championship in the world. And I of look at, like, obviously everybody in Doesn't really know drifting, knows what Formula Drift is in some way, or hear about it, or watch it on TV or something. And Formula Drift is like the pinnacle of drifting. And I look at it like there's IDC, BDC, and Drift they're the most four recognised drifting events in the world. So, for me, obviously we fly to Ireland um, for five rounds for the year, and um, obviously having a very successful year. And uh, I don't know if obviously if people. Having, I don't know, um, Ireland and the UK are only a ferry away.
2: Hmm. And
3: it's actually quite easy to travel between countries. Um, it's only, a, I think it was a four and a half ferry ride. Four, right. Sorry, four and a half hour ferry ride. So we flew over um, to Ireland first to get my car. Um, we prepped it and set it up before we left. And then we uh, drove across, or we drove to the ferry, and then we had to drive across, uh, sorry, get on the ferry, take the ferry across, which was four and a half hours. And then drive to the track, which was another six and a half hours driving. So, in a quick breakdown, it was um, so we left when we leave Perth. It's a ten and a half hour flight, for the first our first half of the flight, and then from Dubai to Ireland, it's another nine and a half. So it's just about twenty hours in flying, and then um, we have to drive up to the north. where my car's stored at Bradley Motorworks, who have been a great hub this year as well, which have stored my car and stored us when we've been there.
1: That's that's Richard um, and Ursula. Bradley.
2: Yep, that's correct. Yep,
3: yep. Um, they went a performance workshop just like my dad, but they focus on more Skylines and uh, the RB engines and or any any import engine. Um, but yeah, mainly the Japanese stuff. And um, yeah, they've looked after us all year. So mm. um, yeah, so that's a three-hour drive from Dublin up to the north to them, and then to catch the ferry back, we actually had to drive back down south. So six hours in driving just in Ireland, and then. Um, on the ferry for four and a half, and then uh, across once we are in the UK, we had to go six and a half to the track, and then obviously we did the event. And then Sunday night, we had to leave straight away to come back to the ferry because the ferry was at 2 a.m. in the morning. So we packed up instantly, grabbed the ferry. Um, we just made it. We actually almost didn't make the ferry and because um, I was travelling with the Shanahan. Um, so we obviously had a truck to load two cars, double the set of wheels, double the set of tools and all the rest of it. And um, we would laugh on to leave the track. and I think we left at like seven, seven or yeah seven or eight p.m. And it was a six and a half hour drive, and obviously driving a truck as well, and on the roads in the island of the UK aren't very good, so it was a mad rush to get back to the ferry, and we just made it before they closed.
0: That's insane, and, um, absolutely insane.
3: Yeah. Yep. So we so yeah we got on board at two a.m. and then uh, yeah took the ferry back across, and then. Uh, Drove back down to the Shanahan's um, place down south, so it's actually another two and a half hours uh, south in Cork, Um, and then we uh, unloaded and then loaded onto our van, and then drove back up to the north, and then packed the car away, and the next day drove back down to um, Dublin and took a flight home and flew another 20 hours. So,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. in a week there was a lot of (laughs) travelling.
2: Yeah.
1: Let, yeah. let's, let's just shift our focus over to back to WA, you've recently just wrapped up the Drift One WA Championship, this is the third year in a row, correct me if I'm wrong? Yep, yep, yep
3: that's right,
1: yep. we've so, uh, yeah, taken the championship three times now. So, I mean, uh, just to explain to our listeners what sort of commitment it takes, because you're running two separate championships, two separate cars on opposite ends of the world, like, I mean, can you just quantify that for our listeners? Uh, so
3: for me um a major thing and a lot of uh, the drivers and spectators pick up and say to me as well is what they don't understand is that i can for me like as well i i actually enjoy driving different cars mm. and different like, power plants different tyre setups suspension setups and the rest of it um always have and i think it might just be something runs in the family because a lot of people if anyone knows who my dad is he used to race in go-karts and same thing, you'd always have the underpowered go-kart but I could still set the fast flat record in the wet and vice versa, and this could drive anything fast. So, for me, I feel like I've kind of adapted the same ability in drift cars, and I can read a situation fast enough. And if I just have, like, one or two laps in the car, I should be able to pull a lap together, no worries. Yeah. Um, so, and like I say, it's the challenge of obviously um, having to learn a new car fast and obviously put on a show for spectators and do well. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I personally love driving different cars, and um, so to drive between two championships in two different cars, um, obviously they're both my own cars, I know them um, personally, so it's not too much of a challenge, but coming back and driving with different level of drivers as well, different layouts, different types of cars, different types of um, layouts as well, Mm. it's um, yeah, it's just challenging and it's good, and it really allows me to push myself, and it's more practice as well like i looked at it this year as driving in the d1 championship was more practice i wasn't really hunting a result i was more just using it as practice for idp yep. um and yeah like i just love competing love the atmosphere and just in general love drift events like i try not to miss any interest events and try and get to them all
1: hmm. can you tell us a bit about like triple one the nissan s13 uh that's an ls-based with an lsa blower is that correct ls-based motor with an lsa is that similar to the R34 combination as well?
3: Uh, yeah, so when, um, so in my first year, when we first shipped my engine over, we um, sent over a complete LSA, yep. which had it's um, had a couple of tweaks from my dad with a cam that he thought would suit the combo that we needed. Um, and he also got PAW to help with uh, flowing the heads and getting the right valve springs and valves and whatnot, so it could uh, be reliable and make decent power. Um, a lot of people, obviously, that are probably listening to this podcast know a fair bit about engines. So an L F engine makes a lot of torque down low. Mm. Um, a, a Japanese engine that's normally in a Japanese car, they don't normally have any torque down low. Yep. So um, a lot of controversy in the world. I know a lot of people say the same thing in burnout scenes and drag racing, that LSs are cheating and whatnot. Um, obviously, LS is a very basic engine, and they make power down low, and they're easier to make power. Um, so we tried to actually take a bit of an out down low to gain more up top, so it drove a bit more like a Japanese car. Yep. Um, Obviously, in drifting, a lot of people think it's just about being slippery and having it sliding out, but we've actually got our cars gripped up to the max where they're almost picking up the front wheel when we're coming around corners and and run two, six, five semi-slips on low pressures and uh, big winters diffs out of sprint cars and um, sequential gearboxes and all the rest of it. So... Um, the current island from runs uh, at the moment because we uh, actually blew our engine up at round two this year. Um, we sent over a um, high compression, or um, well, it was a high compression, but we got it toned down just a little bit, um, six litre, L98, and um, that's just rods, pistons, um, and bearings, and we put um, the uh, LSA heads on with um, uh, the LSA blower and just with a little bit of boost and uh, obviously race shield. And, um, yeah, we managed to make, I think it was 721 horsepower, something like that, at the wheels. Yeah. So, um, and LSA blower is obviously very... Uh, not a lot of people know that, probably, either, but uh LSA blower is limited to what they can physically make, on because they're only a 1,900 um, plus
0: car. Yeah, they're, they're um, a very small blower, and, and those that try to overdrive them normally end up overheating the air that goes into the engine anyway, so... Yeah, so. that's right,
3: Yeah. Yeah, so we tried to, so we tried to basically have a reliable package and make decent power and um so we tried to keep the boost as low well as possible and we tried to go a cam that wasn't too aggressive and obviously not too too lazy either mm. um so having the higher compression actually helped out a lot because it changed the way the boost goes there so with the boost please we already had the old engine yeah
2: um
3: yep. and it made it made more power down low but it lost a little bit of torque down low as well it was weird how it worked out but it actually drove a lot nicer once we changed engines because we obviously built the engine not knowing what it was going to do, because we never had any experience with those superchargers or engine combos. And um, once we knew what the old engine was like, we could make the slight adjustments in the cam and um, in the head gaskets and compression ratios to try and make it just drive that a little bit nicer. So
0: so you guys built it locally and shipped it over. Um, That that must have been in a very short space of time. That's an incredible effort.
3: Yeah. Yep. Um, So... We blew the engine up and um obviously it was one of those situations where it's like uh it's not really doable because in Ireland there's not many LSs around and the UK <laughs> there is neither. And if there is they're usually quite expensive, so we didn't really have the funds for that and obviously just the funds alone to compete in the series with the car is quite
2: high.
3: Um yeah. so for me I almost looked like uh you know, our season was almost over after two good rounds at the beginning. Um, but we come home and had a think about it and had a chat to a few people. And, uh, the 6-litre that built, that was in the car now is actually one of my old engines. Um, we had a few dramas with it, just, um, we had the wrong size of ours in it and it was just, a bit too heavy and so it was just making a bit of metal. Um, so we gave that back to TAW, and he, uh, redid the, um, bearings it, just get it, just make sure they were all right. And, um did the sort out all our head gaskets and uh, re-gut the pistons and stuff so that way it was a little bit less Mm compression. And then, obviously, just to to try and accommodate for the boost. Uh, And then we sent the short... So we we left the supercharger in Ireland and um, we brought the heads back with us when we came back. And um, we got the heads fully serviced and checked and new valve springs put in and a new valve because one of the pistons collected a valve. And um, we... Well, I actually didn't take any clothes over when we went back but we put the heads in uh, my suitcases <laughs> and we put the head gaskets in my dad's suitcase and uh we sent the the short motor over uh in a c in a little crate and um yeah luckily we have another problem as well, we uh we got there and the engine was meant to arrive Thursday before we got there and we arrived on the Friday and um the engine actually hadn't landed um on Friday. It landed at so we landed in the morning, and it landed on Friday at uh, 5 p.m.
2: Oh, right.
3: And then they didn't obviously get to do a customs check on it. And uh, I'm not sure if people know how customs work, but they've got a three-light system, red, green, and yellow. <laughs>
2: um,
3: if it's green, they get to go through without being checked. And if it gets yet, uh, yellow or red, they have to be checked. So it was a mad rush trying to run around, hoping that it was going to get a green um, check, uh, like uh, check light. And luckily enough, we got a green check light. If we didn't get a green check light, then we would have had to wait till Monday. And then we would have lost four days in getting the car ready yeah. and putting the motor together. Because there was only obviously a short motor at the time. So it was just a massive, massive like, stuff around. and you know, It was just crazy. And obviously as well, obviously we'd been there on the Friday. We didn't have any accommodation in Dublin. So we would have had to go gone up to the north and then come back down on the Monday to get the engine. So
2: yeah. lucky
3: enough, we got the green light and we got it out. And, uh, yeah, had a massive oh. rush. It was seven days to build the
0: motor and get it back in. And, uh, yeah, managed to do it. <laughs> I, I can relate to the no clothes thing. On one of my trips back from the U.S., I put all my clothes in a box and sent it USPS, and I brought a Lenco back in my suitcase, <laughs> which, when I got to <laughs> customs, I think there was a red light on. <laughs> now, now, listen, i I got to ask you, Mitch, tell me about Franco. <laughs> that's my favourite car out of all <laughs> it's our favourite too <laughs> it's an
1: awesome looking car can you tell us a bit about it
3: yeah so it's a KD70 Corolla yep. um, it's called a Franco because it's been uh, chopped up and uh, turned into a bit of a Frankenstein um, okay. I've made a full custom full custom front end for it so it's all custom bumper and lights and everything like that so it looks a little bit different but uh, the main part of why it's called Franco is uh it's got a 13 rear end in it. So full Sylvia rear end. Um, so the independent IRS um, with fully adjustable uh, camber, castor, uh, sorry, camber uh, toe and um, uh, my mind now. Um, high cast delete so you can adjust the toe um, and obviously a lower control arm. So it's got four different pickup points mm. and it's got a uh, big um, Sylvia diff in it. So R200 diff with big five-ball axles and uh, yeah, so basically, it's like an F13 on a crawler body but on steroids. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> and, it <laughs> is cool looking. Yeah, and the front end's not, um, full F13 front end as well. So it's basically a Sylvia with a crawler body. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitch, while we got you, so tell us plans for 2019. Are you able to elaborate on what you'll be up to next year?
3: Um, well. That's the hardest thing at the moment is that we're only in December at the moment, so trying to get sponsors on board for next year, we're only just coming into the opportunity for that now. Yep. Um, I've obviously got ideas and things I'd love to do. Um, I'd obviously love to drive every weekend if possible and drive as much as I can. Um, obviously, I love the IDC, I love the fans there, and they all want to see me come back, so I would love to make it back to another IDC round or two. Yep.
2: Um,
3: but my goal next year won't be another full season. Um, for me, I think, like I want to go forward with drifting and I want to keep trying to push myself and get myself out there and obviously try and push my sponsors with me um, and give them a bit more of opportunity and exposure.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, for me, I think as well, like, I want to step it up. And so for me to step up now, I think it's either Drift Masters. And I, I said to myself last year, um, halfway through the season, that Drift Masters is where I want to go next year. Um, Drift Masters is the European championship, which goes all through Europe and yep. is class is probably the second biggest series in the world um this year from coming second in the idc championship i actually earned a former drift crow license um which is obviously like i said earlier former drift is the pinnacle of drifting in my eyes. um yeah. it's been around since well since, since forever for me um i think it's 17 years or something like that it's been around um and yeah, like it's got all the biggest and craziest drivers in the world with the biggest budget. It's almost like the V8 Supercars of Australia mm. in drifting in the world. So um, obviously that's big budget and it's corporate and it's massive. Uh, it's not something easy to try and get into, obviously, but obtaining a licence and being able to be a part of that if I can get the funds and the sponsors behind me, um, that would be a major thing. But I am actually in talk at the moment with a few people in trying to make that happen. Um whether or not it comes through for this year. If it won't be this year, hopefully the year after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we do have things in the work, so hopefully we can at least go over to and Drift and have a look at a round or two and just be a part of it and see how it all works. And Yeah, if not, we'll see how we go, but yeah. we just got to wait and see if sponsors want to play
0: ball and, uh, yeah, see how we go. Well, well we want to try and give you a bit of a hand with that, so we want to call out, reach out to all our listeners uh, to vote for Mitch... For the fans driver of the year and nick if you can
1: uh so that's on the idc website if you go to the idc website i actually voted for you last night mitch so you can still get on there and, and vote so yeah it's all of our listeners get onto the idc website and vote for mitch lana fans driver of the year that's under idc pro by the like. to the front <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you guys. I appreciate
1: it. <laughs> hey bitch, is there any sponsors? I know I know mum and dad they're pretty pivotal in, in all this and I know Richard and Ursula Bradley, is there is there anyone is there anyone you want to thank?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so like you said, my mum and dad obviously they're they're a massive uh help to this, um, not only in what they do with their business to help me and obviously my dad's knowledge in LS Motors and obviously coming with me as well. Um, We've done 16 trips overseas now, and nothing else. you couldn't have done it without him. Mm. Um, but just the support of my family and my friends—that's the major thing for me. Uh, and like I said, Richard and Urshaw—they're they're more my family more than anything else. You know, they gave us a home, home for my car, home from me and my dad. And also uh, Ethan—they came over and helped us for a couple of rounds this year. They also housed him as well. Um, I like things, obviously Lost Racing. They've been behind me since I started my competitive drifting career and they've mm-hmm. been with me non-stop and always support me week in, week out. Every single car I've built, they've helped me with all the products I can. Um, Rapid Crushing have been on board as well for a long time, uh, Dean he um, yep. He's obviously been a major, major help as well. Um, for a while there, we had uh, Outlaw Mechanical. Um, haven't spoken to him in a little while, but I'm still obviously very internally grateful for his support that he has over the years as well. Yep. Um, and yeah. Uh, Thanks, all my fans and everybody else that supports me. It's I couldn't do it without any support. So, yeah. and obviously you guys as well for trying to reach out and getting in contact with me and helping push my story as well. That's a, that's massive thing for me.
1: So, well, thank we also, you guys for that as well, we also need to thank Wayne. Wayne is a mutual friend of of your father. I think he, Wayne uses your father for his drag racing um, needs. Uh, Wayne Pratt, that is as well. He he suggested yep, yep, to me definitely. a couple of times to reach out to you. So, thanks to Wayne as well because I know he's. I think yep. he's your number one fan, to be frank. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, definitely. The The Pratt's family have been a great major support of my parents for a long time, and obviously myself as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, every time he comes to the workshop, he always has a big smile on his face, and the kids love it, and the kids walk around with my shirts and my hats and stickers and everything, and they love it. So
2: yeah. i
3: say it's all... It's all the people like Wayne and his family that come and support me and make me want to keep drifting and make me want to keep putting on a show for all of them. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely no. a big thanks to them.
1: Yeah. Hey, where can we find information about yourself? I know Mitch Lana 111 is one of your uh, Facebook pages. Is there any, anywhere else?
3: Yeah, so, um, yeah, like I said, I've got a Facebook page, um, Mitch Lana 111 uh, I'm also on Instagram with the same thing, MitchLana. Um, you can find our hashtag with uh, hashtag MitchLana111. Yeah. And I've also... Uh, I'm also starting a business next year for anyone who is listening and wants to see what drifting is about. I'm starting a business called Pro Drift Rides next year. Um, I've actually already started the company, but it's had a bit of a break with all the um, drifting I've been doing with myself overseas this year and last year. Um, But next year, uh, Pro Drift Rides is making a comeback, and we're going to be holding drift passenger rides with myself and a team of uh, five cars. And um, yeah, so anyone wants to come for a ride, you guys can come see me at the track and uh, come for a ride with us as well.
1: I'll tell you what, Mitch, I just saw a video the other night of you, it's from Barba Raceway, the, the the car, the tip-in, the, the tip-in is not just the tip-in, the back of the car is actually overtaking <laughs> the front of the car and you're going into the corner with the back first and you still manage to hold it, I don't know how you do that, it's an amazing trick that yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, it's called backwards entry. That one. Yeah, that was amazing. (laughs) That was really. If you haven't seen it, go. I urge our listeners to go to your Facebook page and just watching that video is worth it. It's it's amazing. It really is. I'll, yeah. I'll actually share it on our on our Facebook page as well because it really is well, something
3: special. I'll do one better for you guys if you both come to the track and I can take passage, I'll take both
0: of you for a ride and show you what it's like in the car. Oh,
1: there you go. <laughs> All right.
0: You know, you know those little bags that they have in the airplanes. You're gonna need one for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get an open face helmet and put a camera on you as well.
1: Then. <laughs> hey, Mitch, I might take you up on that. I might take you up on that. I, I'd I'd enjoy that thoroughly. I reckon. <laughs> hey Mitch, we'll let you get back to it. I we really appreciate your time tonight. Um, we wish you all the best for for next year as well, and uh, have a great Christmas and New Year, and and uh, take care and look after yourself. And uh, we wish you all the very best. And thanks for coming on.
0: And thanks for taking the time yeah, out, no mate. We we uh, we appreciate how busy your schedule is, and um I, I can't fathom putting in as many laps as you do in a year. It's ridiculous. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, so we really appreciate, it. and I'm sure uh, all our uh, listeners do as well. Yeah, definitely. So, all the best for this coming season.
3: Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Have a good Christmas as well, and uh, yeah, appreciate you guys for the support and uh, getting
0: us on the show. No
1: worries, Mitch. Take care. No worries. Thank you. All right, another magnificent interview uh, with young Mitch Lana great to see him go in places
0: young Mitch isn't it amazing how many awesome motorsport exports WA has managed to produce mm. and you know in Mitch's case I mean it's one thing to uh, you know like in the case of Daniel Ricciardo go over be part of a team and, and basically mm. follow the, the deal around the world but you're basically in that you're you know, whereas with him, he's on the international scene with the the Irish Drift Championship, yeah. second and, you know, very close second mm, at that. Yeah. Um, but he also won the local championship. How yeah. amazing is that? I mean, travelling between the two countries and the logistics of it, the maintenance on the cars, incredible effort from him, his whole family, the whole crew. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, it certainly is. It certainly is. It's great to see him going... So well, so well indeed. So what? Um, what's not a very incredible effort is the uh, the UPS tracking. <laughs> no, I'm a bit disappointed with UPS. We made a bit of a
1: joke about them on uh, the Facebook page. It's actually, the joke's actually getting worse. It, it, or it or is. funny. funnier. Getting, it depends on wow. how you look at
0: it. Well, for me, it's getting worse. It might be funny for everyone else. So basically, our diff centre... And um, because the Motorplex wants to run the radial deal over a quarter mile, even though the rest of the world runs it over the eighth. But anyway, so so our TIFF center, our wheels and tires are in a large box that, according to UPS tracking, was destined to be delivered at 5 p.m on thursday the 6th of december Mm. which was last week yeah and as we record it's the 11th of december so it's still in honolulu it's in it's in honolulu i believe that hawaii 50 have the radials in custody and, and that uh, Steve and Dano are going to book him with Murder Nova. But Anyway, anyway, it's another story. So keep an eye out for the tracking. The tracking number's there if you want to track it yourself. Yeah. This is just typical of what happens to us in talk and power when we're trying to put a car together on a schedule. Um, on that note, yeah. the Camry, mm. the Camry. So we're very close. Uh, there's a couple of small details left. Mm. One of those details are the uh, lifters. For those of you that aren't... Familiar with um, the Japanese overhead cam style engines, ones that don't run rockers run a, uh, a a lifter directly under the cam that acts directly on the valve, and that's how the Camry setup is. Now, I ordered uh, the week before last 24 lifters because they generally have the shim on the top of the bucket. We want to go to a shim under bucket setup. Because they, you know, I've been told that they flick the shim out at high RPM if you oh, okay. if you get valve float. This is common with you know other other motors like two JZs and so on and so forth. So I ordered twenty four of of the buckets and some shims so that we can work out what thickness shims we need. Mm-hmm. And uh they reassured me that they would also be here on Thursday. And I got an email today. And it's not the supplier's fault. The supplier, you know, did the right thing and advised me today. It's the manufacturer's fault. (laughs) So I got an email today that we will see them late January, early February. Oh, really? Well, actually, no, it didn't say that. What it said was that the manufacturer will have them in stock again late January, early February. Mm, That kind of puts a dent in things, doesn't Mm, it? Yeah. mm. So once again, the torque and power deadline motor vehicle curse strikes again <laughs> Look, that's okay there's probably still things we can do
1: we can get the bottom end together i guess and
0: we we can we can now now the question that i've got we've got the um the schedule for the perth round of the supercars mm, right yep. will we be able to get the camry 2 barbagellos yep. to get a hot lap down to see whether we can go around faster than the trucks
1: yeah definitely this is not till may so we've got plenty of time i <laughs> <laughs> just
0: recorded myself saying that
1: <laughs> so yeah that's not till may so yeah definitely i we we need to get down to barbagello and put a lap in
0: put a lap in and compare yeah. it with the the uh There's the trucks the trucks they're not so super
1: super trucks <laughs> i'm looking forward to that so actually yeah so the perth rounds have been um not revised but as we know they're going to be night night races. Uh, so there'll be a Friday night race at 6pm and a Saturday night race at 6pm. So that's going to be quite, quite exciting. And they will start, obviously, in the, in the dusk of the evening and then finish in full uh, night time. Do you think that's
0: going to work? Um,
1: from a telecast point of view, yeah, because it'll be 8pm in the eastern states and fitting quite well, I think, with, with their viewing over there.
0: What about from a mosquito
1: point of view? Look, Wannaroo is not too bad that time of the year, but it'll be fresh. I'll give you the tip. In May in I uh, believe me, it'll be fresh. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it'll it'll um, create a few challenges for the event organisers. But I'd like to see Perth getting behind something a little bit different. So you're,
0: you're, something a little bit different would be to have it on... on um uh, Riverside Drive yeah, yeah. that would be cool Yeah. But anyway so you're obviously going yeah I'll be going you've locked Definitely. it in yep. Yeah. are you going to bring like a, a little camping kit maybe <laughs> light a little fire next to the track have There's some, some cocoa some marshmallows the, the years gone
1: by I used to camp out on water lab actually with my mates I got some great video footage of that years ago. well oh, in the nineties, you'll have to share that. we, in we the nineties. Yeah, this was in the nineties. Wow. You could camp out on Waterlav, and it was. I didn't even know you were born then. Yeah, it was a free for all back then, so you used to be able to do burnouts up and down Waterlab, and it was crazy. People used to like <laughs> when massive you say fires. you used to be able to, yeah, well, yeah, you can't do that. You can't camp there anymore now. So the, the ranger come down on you like a ton of bricks. No, as soon as the event can I get over, a permit. No, 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 no no, camping at all. So,
0: anyway, that's. So, on, on the subject of the supercars, mm. Richie Stanaway. Yeah, Richie uh, was mutually. I don't know whether it was a mutual
1: agreement, but uh, they parted ways from Tickford Racing. Gone. Was, yeah, gone. Gone. Yeah. Look, his performance wasn't the best this year. He was a young guy. He, he didn't, he didn't
0: get the tick from Tickford. No, no. He's, he
1: got a bit cross, actually. <laughs> so, Crossford? Crossford yeah, Racing? <laughs> they've actually. The unsettling news is they've actually handed in. Uh, a, a contract as well, a racing entitlement contract.
0: Well, twenty-three Reds picked that up. Mm. If if I'm understanding that correctly, I watched a uh, interview with the owner. Um, mm. He owned uh, like forty something panel shops and sold them recently. Yeah, more than likely to an insurance company. And um, he's very excited about entering into the foray. But they're a one-car team at this That's point correct, in time. Yeah. It, it's you know, when you look at the larger outfits where they have their own in-house CNC machining and, you know, chassis building facilities and so on, do you think that a one-car outfit um, is, is going to be able to cut the mustard, so probably to speak? Probably not, no. And there's
1: been examples of that not working in the past. I think the best way to do it is the way that they're doing it, however, coming under the umbrella of Tickford Racing at the very least, and they'll have the backup of the Tickford team. Yeah, yeah. However, there's still a seat available because, as we know, Richie's gone and Mark Winterbottom's gone as well, so there's still one seat available. So, And,
0: and do you think the deciding factor with um, Tickford and and Stanaway, uh, you know, parting company, was was his performance this season?
1: It was his performance and also his attitude as well. There a couple of races there where he didn't respond to requests of the team in a positive manner. Oh, that, and, that sounds a lot like... Uh, A certain Formula 1 driver too, doesn't it? it? does. it does. But uh, that one driver, it was at least putting uh, runs on the board where Richie wasn't. So anyway, look, I mean, I I wish Richie well. It's uncertain about what what he'll be doing next year. He's got great talent. I think he'll pop up somewhere. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, we won't be seeing him in a supercar at all.
0: Well, speaking of Formula 1, the FIA had their prize-giving ceremony for 2018. Mate, it was awesome. It was great if you haven't seen it go to the formula one
1: facebook page Kimi raikkonen off his chops <laughs>
0: blind no other way of putting it sorry
1: Kimi, but he was absolutely toast but it was great to see a bit of personality from him and sebastian vettel as well i don't know november finished last month or eleven days ago, but he's got, got this moustaching happening as well. So, um yeah, it was quite interesting. But Well, you know,
0: he might be doing some porn on the side in he the at it,
1: <laughs> terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> <finished>. <laughs> But uh,
0: yeah,
1: look Kimmy, uh you know, what can I say? It was he was absolutely he was flying. He was up there with he was fine, anyway.
0: Well, it's good to see that these guys have got
1: a sense of humour and, you know... They have, yeah. Hey, they've announced the final driving. So, if you go back to our website, I've got a, on my blog there, I had a predictor halfway through the year. Got some of them right, got most of them wrong, to be frank. But <laughs> some of them we got right. Anyway, look, so Ferrari's locked in with Sebastian Vettel and, and Charles Leclerc. Uh, Haas,
0: Leclerc. 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 <laughs>
1: That's how Charles Leclerc is how they actually say Charles Leclerc.
0: Yeah, Charles Leclerc. The C at the end, silent, is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. Well,
0: of course. Hey, Hass has gone
1: with a proven combo of Romain Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. They haven't changed. So would that,
0: would that be rich energy in French would be re-energy. <laughs> <laughs> so they're
1: the, the new energy drink that have come on board with Hass, and it really surprised me to see Haas do away with a Haas name from their car and going to be uh, labelled Rich Energy. It's going to be really interesting to see because I've always thought... I always felt that um, Gene Haas leveraged a lot of his Formula One aspirations on the name Haas. So it's just interesting to see them...
0: Yeah, but they are the manufacturer of the car. That's correct, yeah. You know, so it's still a Haas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably... I mean, from an engineering point of view or from an engineer's point of view, that's that's what you want. You mm. want that McLaren badge, or you yeah. want, you know, so to have your name on the car, mm. that's the, it doesn't matter who's paying for the deal. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You don't know. He might own part of Rich Energy.
1: Possibly, yeah. Oh, look, I don't know. But um, anyway, interesting. That was interesting. We spoke about that a couple of episodes ago. McLaren. McLaren going with Lando Norris. He's come up through the, the tiers, and um, I didn't think he had enough points to get his... Formula 1 license, but I, I could I stand corrected, obviously. And obviously uh, Carlos Sainz Jr., as we knew, was uh, he'll be the lead driver there at McLaren, so yep. it's great to see Carlos Sainz Jr. get a drive there. Um, the Mercedes team unchanged, Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri, they'll remain there. Uh, we have a name change here. We've Lance Stroll purchase sorry, Lawrence Stroll purchasing Force India. They've changed their name to Racing Point Formula 1 team. So they've kept Sergio Perez, and Lawrence's son, Lance, will be racing the second car for... Do you think India. that
0: Racing Point is, it, is it a correct name? Do you, think, do you think they should have chosen a different name? Like, like what's the point? <laughs> I asked myself the same
1: question. But look, Lawrence Stroll, one of the richest men in the world. It'll be interesting to see if he can turn that team around. Force India had some success in their early years. It is years. an
0: American-owned sport now, so he could be able to just buy the championship. Mm. Well, some he's sort of Canadian, so... who oh, knows? yeah, they might not want it to go to <laughs> Good point. So well, they've, they've let the English win, so... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, a bit of irony, really, when you think about the Mercedes uh, deal. Yeah. You know, because it's a German car mm. with an English driver
1: well it's very even though it's a german car it's very it has strong roots back to england back to
0: england yeah 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 so i mean like you know world war Two and everything you would <laughs> that's, that's i do all... 60 <laughs> years ago 70 Churchill? years ago
1: his legacy is forgotten <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i guess it was all over with the volkswagen wasn't it really <laughs> anyway <laughs>
1: Uh, Red Bull Racing, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing. They've got a line up Pierre Gasly and Max Verstappen. Looking forward to that combination. I think they'll work well together. That, that whole
0: Aston Martin, it's just name. I know. It's like, but um, it's silly, Hass. isn't it? Isn't it? No, no well, that's not like Haas. because the Haas, they build the car, so yeah. that's a Haas. No, but they've now pimped themselves out to Rich Energy. It's yeah, like but Red it's Bull. still the car's still a Haas. Yeah, McLaren's still a McLaren. It's got a sponsor's name on it. Yeah. Aston Martin. It's got treat, nothing
1: to do with that car. Treat it as a sponsor. Yeah, look, I agree. If it had Aston Martin running gear, it would probably be... Might be more reliable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Pierre Gasly and Max Verstappen make their driving combination for next year. Renault. Renault. Daniel Ricciardo, Nico Hülkenberg.
0: I'm looking to forward see. to seeing that one. Yeah. I'm looking, If they've ironed all the bugs out, oh, Daniel's going to give it to them.
1: Yeah. I, I
0: watch this space twenty twenty is all I can say.
1: Watch this space for twenty twenty. Let's not hold our breath for two thousand and nineteen. I think twenty twenty will be easier.
0: Now, now this one's got me. Why Alpha would want to put their name on the part.
1: So <laughs> they have a tie up with Ferrari. The Sauber run runs a Ferrari drivetrain. So uh, Alpha Romeo have got the again very similar to Aston martin No Alpha Romeo running gear in that car, but the. the the tie up with manufacturers is is strong now and in, in branding their yeah brands, but you know but
0: put the alpha name on the ferrari yeah yeah you know what i mean the sorbet i mean it sounds like something you eat a sorbet or something you know what i mean anyway <laughs> anyway so
1: they'll have Kimi raikkonen on board so they've done the swap there charles has gone to ferrari and Kimi has gone to sauber and got a new driver as well, Antonio Givanazzi. Giovinazzi. This is really good. So he's an Italian <laughs> Italian driver, and it's great to see some Italians coming through the ranks. Can't wait to see how he goes in the Sauber. Um, Red Bull, the Toro Rosso team. Danny Kvyat, I'll tell you what, that's an amazing comeback for him. Um, and Alexander Albon as well. That's, a, that's probably the last driver announcement that we had. That was only last week, so... He's in there, and Williams talk about a comeback. Robert Kubica, amazing. He hasn't been in a Formula One car for eight years. Yep, suffered a horrific rally crash, um, really hurt himself quite badly, and has made his way back after eight years back into a Formula oh, One car. You know, back in Williams, I
0: haven't driven the BA for four. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah. the ex-wife for about eight robert's been out of it for double that and young british george russell be great to see him how he goes into williams as well i'm looking forward to that as well it's great british heritage there so yeah no some interesting times ahead so
0: we've got the pod filter coming up nick
1: yeah yes we have that's next monday we'll be going down to armadale Recording an episode of the pod filter. Yeah, has we'll there been across.
0: any any resolution about the uh, the Armadale versus Balcatta uh, Hoon Capital? I have been working on that. Unfortunately, I've hit a roadblock, and I don't know if I want to get
1: into it here, but anyway, <laughs> I, I will. We've contacted I've contacted uh, the Department of Transport's office, Britta Safiotti, and they said they don't carry those numbers or figures that, that we need to go to the WA Police Department. Did that? They don't carry those numbers or figures either, which I find very hard to believe.
0: You need to do the FEA.
1: Freedom of information.
0: Why is it called an FEA? I don't know. (laughs) But finite element analysis. (laughs) I I didn't want to bog down too much into it and and do that. Must be an FOA. Yeah. Yeah. But I I find it amazing. You know, um, there's an engineer that I know that was doing some statistical work for... Uh, the um, and and this might be a department that you might want to aim your um, inquiries to the the uh, road safety mm-hmm. uh, section oh, yeah. of, of the I believe it's of the department of transport yeah um, and he was shocked at at um, how they went about coming up with certain statistics because the sti- the statistical data or the collection of statistical data and the way they uh did it was very filtered so that you deliberately couldn't make acetations like for example if you tried to get the statistics on how many car accidents uh involved modified vehicles versus Mm. standard vehicles i'll guarantee you they won't be able to provide it to you yeah and it's because they deliberately don't collect it and this may be the same thing because if you found that most of the hooning uh, occurred in a particular area, there would be a fair argument to say that, well, you should have more more of a police presence in that area. Mm. True? Yep. But then if you followed that up by finding that there is more of a police presence in that area, then how can you know for sure that the hoon activity is greater there? It just happens that you've got more police there that are um, catching the people in the act. For all we know, the hoon capital of western australia could be nedlands mm, or dalkeith yeah, yeah it's interesting yeah,
1: both departments said that they don't carry those numbers and i don't believe that for one minute i do believe that they have those numbers and figures available to them just not making them available to us i did say it was um for a podcast and we wanted to have a chat about it but um clearly not available at this time
0: now you're you're um you're heading down to custom cars and coffee yep the, and there's a radial event on there is there's a big radial event on there's sort of the showcase of
1: the of the day so it's the custom cars and coffee um final end of season meet which is always a big one down at the track i went last year and it was huge end of uh, year
0: end of year yep um so not hardly a season oh, is, is there a season of, of cars and coffee <laughs> what are do you doing the off season? <laughs> I suppose it is but it's not really it's not end of season. Because no. this would be in the middle of the season, it's summer. Oh, okay. End of season would be winter, end wouldn't of, it? End of
1: whatever you want to call it.
0: End of year. End of
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas special. Custom cars and coffee. We're this gonna is be the custom cars and coffee Christmas special. Try I'll, and say that fast. <laughs> I will be down there. Um, and hopefully catching up with all the radio races. Those that want to have a chat, and anyone that wants to have a chat, by the way, we'll be catching up with Jason. Jason Fuller, that is, as well. Uh, I haven't reached out to Corey yet, but I—he he's the MC of the day. Corey Marriott oh. will be MC. I'm going to reach out to him you tomorrow. You should have Corey on as a guest. Yeah, yeah. We want to have him on as a guest as well. And any radio racer, if they got the time. I will try and catch him before scrutineering. Uh, if not, afterwards, I'll be there anyway. So come down if you are there. Come down and say hello, and that will be our final podcast of the year. This is so you're gonna of... have
0: you're gonna have a um, a stand there. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep, yep. So yep, that's all been done and organised. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm ready to go. And I spoke with Jason up until today, and he's really looking forward to having us down there. All right. Um, also, I just want to touch on. Got some news over the weekend. Curtin University. We spoke with them on episode thirty-seven of the Talk and Power podcast. Caught up with Sam from Curtin University, the Curtin Motorsport team. They actually had their um, the Australasian Formula SAE.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: <coughs> during the week. They actually came first in the business presentation, second in the Auto X, and they placed sixth overall. That was out of 34 teams. Wow. So I haven't got the full details yet. This has only just been sort of come out today, but well done to those guys. Um, actually, my wife's cousin is in that team as well. WA so to the front again. WA to the front. It was really great. <laughs> great to see those guys and girls uh, do so well at Curtin. So well done to those that team there all right as i said this is our um last podcast the last official podcast in here in the in the studio for 2018 and there's a few people i'd like to thank before we before we finish up um so firstly i'd, I'd like to thank basically starting off at the start of the year jamie paulucci of race wars uh po Tung from grudge kings uh custom cars and coffees jason fuller Speedway's Andrew Priolo, uh, Summer Nats Grand Champion, Mark Happy-Williams, Motivation Grand Champion, Ralph Italiano, Clint DiGiovanni, um, Johnny Alardi, who's also won at the WA Hot Rod and Street Machine Spectacular, and also Sam and the entire team from Curtin University. Also, big shout out to Luke Newhoff, who sat in that chair for one episode this year. That was great. Uh, Also, Stewie Bond was instrumental in getting us down to uh, 24 Hours of Lemons, so big thanks to him. And he's also been helping out a lot with the Camry as well. Um, Tracy DeJega, the Outlaw Nitro Funny Car driver, uh, sportsman, racer, and founder of the Quarter Mile Drag Racing Experience, Kyle Putland. Uh, Also... Of course, how can we forget uh, Kelly Betts, Kelly Betts uh, yeah, yep. Australia's first female top field champion. Um, also, Harry Haig for coming on, and of course, tonight, Mitch Lana as well. But our biggest thanks goes out to this man who sits right here, Simon Gonzo, uh, thanks, Nick. <laughs> and his family, his lovely wife, uh, and his, his baby son as well, for the time he gives up for this podcast and these crazy car builds that he's coming along with and just all the stuff that we do we can't do this without this man here so i just want to thank you very much
0: thanks nick now we've got some big news for the uh the next series mm. um it we might not be in there but we're building a studio yep dedicated to talk and power mm-hmm. um I, I think nick's going to post up some, some yeah. sneak picks yep uh so uh, hopefully uh, we'll transition from not just a podcast to more of a, uh, uh, web, yeah. uh, show. Yep. And, um, we'll be able to get the guests in, yeah. have a real green room and- Yeah.
1: <laughs> look i mean it's been not problematic but this the the belcata studio which is
0: yeah and, and the background noise of uh guys doing burnouts and you know continuously yeah that uh,
1: has uh so yeah look we are we're making a few changes but i'm really looking forward to 2019 because this was more of a bit of a
0: consolidation year on on our 2017. we've but, got the the camry yep ba is coming yep. back with the small tire mm-hmm hopefully the xy at some stage or another we'll find time for that yep then 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 we've got some other sneaky projects going on in the background we can't say too much (laughs) and i'd
1: also like to thank my wife and my kids as well for the time Well, they don't they 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 basically vacate their house whenever we do these things and also help me out i think that's
0: that's by choice nick actually (laughs) to be honest with you
1: All right, and you know what? We can't do this as well without our listeners and the feedback we get. Like people that I was just talking about before, Wayne. And our sponsors. Yeah, Don't
0: forget our sponsors. Our sponsors as well, of course.
1: <laughs> yeah, we can't do this without without our without our listeners. And our sponsors, um, Stewie Bond from WA Suspensions, All Fast Talk Converters, of course. Jamie from Shift Kits. Yeah, Jamie from Shift Kits Australia. Uh, Johnny from Benzene Detailing also uh, the crew at scm as well for helping us out with parts along the way uh trevor james uh bj mechanical or bg mechanical whatever he bg mechanical him. bg mechanical sorry um also matt the air conditioning guys helped us out a fair bit scotty Mac bryson one. mac1 Mac one. air conditioning yep. scotty, bryson. scotty bryson helped us out a fair bit big thanks to david david norella yeah he is always there Hands-on tools. He's, he's there more than Nick. Yeah, he is. He's a good guy, David. I've got a lot of time for him. Man.
0: Considering it's not his show, Simon
1: and myself are trying to find him a wife too. By the way. Yeah, that, that's can, that's still out there. Anyone knows any single women? I don't know if you can help us out with that, but if you can, that would be great. Um, also, uh, young Travis as well. That helps us out. Um, he's Travis great. Freeman, yes. Yep, and Breno as well. Breno, of he course, helps us out a lot. Um, and if there's anyone forgotten, my well, Asher, Asher, of Asher. course, yep, yep. He's actually setting up the new studio. He's renovating it. He's renovating builder, building, 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 the painting, <laughs> spack filling, all those sorts of jobs that are not exciting. But uh, he's doing that as we speak. So and and as, Na-
0: as Nick has already mentioned, without our listeners, mm. without our thousands of devoted fans, we. It'd be no point yeah yeah we wouldn't do the, this the podcast would be so from both of us yep. we thank you for for tuning in and listening to and watching our crazy antics mm. and uh, we hope that we keep you entertained and we promise you that you ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> <laughs> so to all of you from all of us merry christmas happy new year take care guys see you on the street Talk and power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.